Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue from Bible Crossfire. Matthew 25 verse 30 reads, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus discusses the judgment day. According to this text then, we must be a servant of Jesus. Not only that, we must be a profitable servant. Else we will be cast into outer darkness, H-E-L-L, on the judgment day. We will be lost. Many preachers will tell you all you have to do to be saved is believe in Jesus. But we all know there is a big difference in just believing a king exists and serving that king. So to avoid being lost, we not only must believe in King Jesus, Revelation 17:14, but we must serve King Jesus. And not only must we serve Jesus, but we must serve him profitably. But just how do we serve Jesus profitably? As we've already noted, more than just belief is involved. We also must obey him, as Hebrews 5, 9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So only those who obey Jesus will be saved eternally. And that would include obeying him in baptism in order to become a Christian in the first place. Mark 16:16 16, 16 reads, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. But after we become a servant of Jesus, a Christian, how do we continue to serve him profitably? Let's look at some passages along those lines. Hebrews 10:24 and 25 reads, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The first thing we need to do as a Christian to be a profitable servant of the Lord is to attend church services faithfully. There we worship God, learn his word, and as this passage teaches, encourage others toward love and good works. If we are not doing that, we are not being profitable to the cause of Christ like we should be. Now, talking about learning from God's Word, we should study it daily. Acts 17, verse 11 says about the Bereans, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Studying God's Word is how we make sure we are on the right path instead of being led astray by false teachers, Matthew fifteen fourteen, and how we learn enough to teach others. That brings us to another very important point about how to be profitable to the cause of Christ, and that is trying to persuade the lost to become Christians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Acts 8, verse 4 says about the whole church in that day, that they, quote, went everywhere preaching the word. How could one say they are profitable to the cause of Christ if they are not out at least trying to convert others to the Lord? One last point. We are not a profitable servant of Christ unless we are abiding in the teaching of Christ. What we believe, teach, and practice must match up with the word of God, the truth, John eight thirty one and 32. 2 John verse 9 confirms this by saying, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ 
hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. Let me repeat that number again, 877-655-6755, if you have a Bible question or comment. So we learn from Matthew 25, verse 30, that we need to be a profitable servant. A profitable servant, of course, is one who obeys the king. A servant is not a profitable servant if he's not obeying his master, the king in this case, King Jesus. We have to be obedient to the Lord. Now, we've talked a good bit about obedience on this program quite regularly. Uh, We already talked about uh, earlier in the program, Hebrews 5, 9, that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation and to all them that obey him. Of course, we showed then that you don't, you can't receive eternal salvation unless you obey, obey Jesus. I thought we'd look briefly uh, at some passages in the Old Testament. Most of the time we're looking at passages in the New Testament that prove conclusively one has to obey Christ, that just believing in Christ is not enough. One has to obey Christ to be saved. But I thought we'd look at some passages in the Old Testament to see that the same was true back then. They were under a different covenant back then, a different law back then. But they had to be obedient to their law, just like we have to be obedient to our law. Again, the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. How about Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14? That reads, Noah, Daniel, and Job should deliver their own souls by their righteousness, saith God. So according to that verse, people deliver their souls by their righteousness. Now that doesn't mean they merit their salvation with their own righteousness. But what it means is the death of Christ, we know from other passages, is what merits our salvation. It's the earning basis. But we deliver our souls by our own righteousness because it's a condition Righteousness and doing righteousness is a condition we have to meet in order to receive the salvation provided for by the death of Christ. How about Daniel 9, verse 4? O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to keep, and to them that keep his commandments. So God will keep his covenant and show mercy to those that love him and keep his commandments. How about 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 4? And if thou wilt walk before me in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgment. So what does God expect of us? Do according to all his commandments, all that he has commanded us. He expects us to do that. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are open right now. Sometimes it's hard to get in, but the lines are wide open. 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 is the number to call if you'd like to ha- uh, make a comment or ask a Bible question. How about Genesis chapter 6, verse 22? It says, Thus saith, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Some people say, oh, it's impossible to do all God commands you. Well, this verse says that Noah did. Noah did all that God commanded him. That's what the text says. 
Now, we agree that people sin. Jesus is the only one that lives perfectly. But when we sin, when we fail God, we are expected to repent of that. Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 3, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So when we fall short of the glory of God, which is sin, when we fall short of what his law teaches us, we must repent to be forgiven. Noah did all that God commanded him. That should be our goal in this life, and that is to do all that God commands us. Not part of it, but all of it. Psalms 106, verse 3 reads, Blessed are they that doeth righteousness at all times. So not only should we try to keep all of that God commands us, but we should try to do it all the time, not just part of the time. We see both those concepts, all of God's commands and doing it all the time. We see both of those concepts in Deuteronomy 5, verse 29. Here's how that verse reads. Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. So in the Old Testament, the Israelites were expected to keep all of God's commandments always. Now they had, in effect, a different set of commandments than we have. They were under the Old Testament law. We're under the New Testament law. But it's still true that we should keep all of God God's commandments always. But now we're talking about the New Testament requirements, not the Old Testament requirements. So, you see, it's all of God's commandments, always. Not just some of God's commandments. We don't just pick and choose which ones we agree with, but we keep all of his commandments. The ones that are easy and the ones that are hard. The ones we agree with and the ones we don't agree with. We keep all of his commandments. And we do it always, not just part of the time. We don't just keep his commandments part of the time. We keep try to keep them all the time. And when we fail, we repent and so, so that we can be forgiven. Again, the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. You know, there, the emphasis in the New Testament and the whole Bible is upon obedience to Jesus Christ. Jesus is speaking in Matthew 7, verse 21. He says, He that doeth the will of my Father shall enter to heaven. I should have read more of the whole verse. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So who's going to go to heaven, according to Matthew seven twenty one? He that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Here it said, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord. So even religious people will not go to heaven if they're just if they're not doing the will of the Father, which is in heaven. How about Revelation chapter 22, verse 14? Here's how that reads. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, what city are we talking about here? Well, I think it's obvious the city is heaven. To enter into the gates, into the city of heaven, we have to do God's commandments. To have the right to the tree of life, we have to do his commandments. Remember in the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of life. And as long as Adam and Eve ate of that tree of life, they lived forever physically. When we get to heaven, we'll live forever spiritually because we'll have access to the tree of life. But this says to have a right to the tree of life, we have to do his commandments. Again, it shows it's necessary to keep God's commandments. 
This idea that all you have to do is believe that you don't have to obey God is foreign to the Word of God. That's what preachers preach just to make feel people people feel comfortable. It feels comfortable. All I've got to do is believe in Jesus. I don't have to obey him. Once saved, always saved. I can become a Christian and live any old way I want to. Yeah, that makes you feel comfortable. And people will flock to preachers who preach things like that, but that's not the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel says we have to keep his commandments to have a right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. And what about James 2.24? A lot of preachers teach that we're saved by faith only. But James 2.24 says, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So salvation, justification, is not by faith only. It's by works also. True faith should lead to works. And if it doesn't, it's just like the, the demons. In verse 19 of the same chapter, the demons believe and tremble. So if you say, well, I can be saved by belief only, then you're saying that the demons, the devil's going to be saved because he believes in Jesus, but he's not willing to obey Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 6:46, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? It doesn't make any sense to call somebody boss and then not obey them. And that's what we mean when we call Jesus Lord. You're our boss. And Jesus is saying here, it's inconsistent to call me Lord, boss, and do not the things that I say. And he's right. Of course he's right. He's the Lord. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. The first part of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 reads this way. Ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Hmm. How do we purify our souls according to this verse? Well, purifying our souls means forgiveness, salvation from sin. How do we do it? By obeying the truth, according to 1 Peter 1.22. Don't let anybody tell you you can be saved without obeying the truth. This verse says that's the very way we purify our souls. In 1 Peter 1.17, we read about the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work. A lot of preachers say that, well, you won't be judged according to your works. You're just going to be judged based upon whether or not you believe in Christ. No, certainly we're going to be judged based upon whether or not we believe in Christ. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, teaches that. But this verse says we're also going to be judged according to our works. And doesn't Revelation 20... Verses 11 through 15 teach the same thing. It says, they were judged every man according to their works. That's talking about the judgment day. We're going to be judged according to our, to our works. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So, to be saved, we're going to have to work. Sometimes people say, well, you shouldn't be scared of God. That the only sense in which we fear God is by is in the fact that we should respect him. Well, that's I'll say yes and no to that. I think it's kind of like the way I feared my dad. My dad was a pretty strict disciplinarian, and when I disobeyed him, he punished me quite severely. As long as I was doing what my dad told me to do, I, had, I was not scared of him at all, because he didn't punish me just because he got mad. He only punished me when I did wrong. But when I did wrong, he punished me, let me tell you. As long as I was doing what he told me to do, I wasn't scared of him at all. But when I knew that I was in disobedience to my dad, and perhaps I was scared he was going to find out, I was scared. It's the same way with God. 
as long as we're living in obedience to God, we don't need to be scared of God. But if we're living in disobedience to God, we need to be shaking in our boots because we need to think about what's going to happen to us if we die in that condition. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 reads this way. That we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You see, we're going to be judged based upon the things that we have done in our body. The things that we do, whether or not we're obedient to God. According to what we have done, whether it be good or bad. Don't let any preacher tell you you're not going to be judged based upon what you do. Because this verse says that you will be judged based upon that. Doug from Washington State, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, you were just talking about the Bereans a few minutes ago and how they studied the scriptures. I was curious as to what scriptures they actually had at that time. I, I, I haven't looked at all the New Testament, but I know some of the books, at least in my Bible, indicates they're written, I don't know, 25 to 35 years after the Lord died. And it seemed when Paul wrote that, they didn't have access to that scripture. So what, what did they have, just the Old Testament, or how much of the New Testament did they have? You know, Doug, I'm not sure, but definitely all of the Old Testament. And, right. and part right. part of the New, I'm not sure because the, the, the books of the Bible in the New Testament don't tell us the dates they were written. So we're not really sure. We don't know 100%, 100% sure when they were written. But I would say all uh, of the Old Testament and part of the New. But, you know, when they, they could search the Scriptures, especially the uh, Old Testament, to see if what somebody's saying right. was so. Like, let's say somebody's preaching that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Well, they could turn right. to Psalms 22 or Isaiah 53 or uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that says Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem. These are all prophecies about the Christ. They compa- could compare what was being preached with those prophecies and try to determine if that what that preacher was preaching was the truth. You know what I'm saying, uh, Doug? Right, I understand that. I just wondered how much of, I don't know if I want to call it the new doctrine, but where old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. I wonder yeah. how much of the new, new they actually had. Yeah, they they would not have had all of the New Testament at that time, I don't believe. Right. But, you know, right. while the New Testament scriptures were being written, 1 Corinthians 13 would teach us that, that it was people could hear the New Testament law through through the prophets, through the New Testament prophets. Uh, so they would have uh, the New Testament revelation verbally until uh, it was all written down. You see what I'm saying, Doug? Right, right, right. You, you, okay. you know, one thing I like to say about Acts 17, verse 11, Doug, is that it's, it could be the most... We, we talk about following approved examples. Approved examples in the New Testament, we should follow them. Philippians 4, verse 9 teaches that and so forth. It uh, could be the most approved example out there because... It not only shows an example that we should follow, but it complements highly the Bereans for what they were doing. They were they were listening to preaching from Paul and Silas. They didn't just accept what Paul said blindly, even though he was, quote, a big-name preacher of that time. They didn't right, accept it right. blindly. They searched the Scriptures, the Scriptures that they had, right, Doug? And uh, they were doing that to make sure what he was saying was so. We ought to do the same thing today. When you listen to I me agree. preach or listen to yeah. wherever you go to church... Make sure that preacher can prove what he's saying by book, chapter, and verse like the Bereans did. That's the best way to keep from being led astray. Right, Doug? I agree. Can you tell me again where that reference is? Where he said that about the Bereans? Acts 17, verse 11. 
Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for your call, Doug. You know, Matthew 15, verse 14, Jesus said that if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And that's an analogy. uh, The blind leaders are the false teachers. The blind followers are us if we allow ourselves to be led astray by a false teacher. And the ditch would represent being lost, the bad place. And so... We're going to be lost just like the false teacher if we allow him to lead us astray. We need to make sure and not allow somebody to lead us astray. And the way we do that is outline force or detailed force in Acts 17 verse 11. Check what they say. See if what if it matches up with what the scriptures say. If it does, accept it. Put it into practice in your life. If it doesn't, reject it. Just let it go through one ear and out the other. Larry from Iowa, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, Patrick, I just have a comment uh, that seems to fit a lot of a lot of people nowadays, and it's in Act or not Act, excuse me. It's in Proverbs in the 16th chapter, and it's verse 25, and it goes like this: There is a way that seems right to man, but it's and in the end, it's the way of death. And and the thing is, is is your salvation unless you go and you do the whole Bible and take the whole Bible into consideration like you're trying to teach and like you're trying to share every week, uh, it leads to death. It's the second death. That's how I feel about it. uh, We have to take our salvation seriously, you know, and, and live it, and live it the way it says, the way Scripture says. So... I just had that comment about that Proverbs uh, verse there. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Larry, I couldn't agree with you more about Proverbs 16.25. There's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. To a lot of people, salvation by faith only, without baptism, not having to be baptized to be saved, that seems right to them, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah, but but yep. that's a way that will lead to death because the Bible teaches, as we've already read in Mark sixteen sixteen, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Bible teaches you got to be baptized to be saved. Another thing that comes to my mind, Larry, this teaching of once saved always saved, that seems right to a lot of denominations, doesn't it? It sure does. That that's uh, it's so sad because people are. I'm going to well, I'm going to say it like this. They're taking the easy way out. That's so yeah. sad. They think they think it's easy, and like you've always said, and and the the thing is, it's really easier to just live the life that Christ said to live, and and the 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 gospels and what Paul and Peter and and all the others have tried to tell us in their writings. It's actually a more comfortable life knowing that God we're pleasing God you know yep. it's not a hard it's not a hard road if people would just understand this Larry thank you for your call okay I know it's getting close to the end thank you yep we appreciate that call I was mentioning about once saved always saved that that's a, there's a way which seemeth right into the unto man but the end there ever the ways of death once saved always saved is a perfect example of that it seems right to a lot of churches and a lot of preachers but the end thereof are the ways of death. Galatians 5 forces, if you try to be justified by the law, the Old Testament law, ye are fallen from grace. Ye cannot fall from a tree if you never were in that tree. And so if a person falls from grace, that means he was in grace. Now he's out of grace. He lost his salvation. It doesn't matter if it seems right to us. The only thing that makes something right is if the Bible teaches it. 
we're gonna have to go off the air in a minute or two. Perhaps if you had a quick question, you could get in a get it get it in if you will call right now. We're talking about obedience. I was thinking of Second Thessalonians chapter one verse eight: "In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ." So this passage clearly teaches that we have to both know God and obey the gospel. Knowing God would be equivalent to trusting him or believing in him. But that's not enough. You have to know him and you have to obey the gospel. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So we have all of these passages over and over and over that teach that you have to obey God to be saved. You believe him and you start obeying God so you can be saved. Let me mention my website. Go there, BibleCrossFire.com. That's easy to remember. It's a very neat website done very well by my friend Shane Pack. BibleCrossFire.com. Go there and at the top you can click on something to send me an email. We can talk about the Bible via email all week long. BibleCrossFire.com. Go there. 